Welcome to Royal Generations Podcast, hosted by me, Lucia del Pilar. On this episode, we will be going into our Life Topic series. And in this very special episode, we will be speaking on overcoming rejection. Enjoy! Hello everyone, so in this special episode, I have two guests with me. They are my sisters. They are women who I consider my sisters, both in their 20s, younger and older within their 20s. And these are women who have also overcome rejection like myself. In a recent post that I put on my social media, I discussed how rejection was the biggest mountain that I had to overcome. And I have been able to do so truly by the grace of Christ and I really had to really know what it was to experience the lows to now live with the reward of being in this state of high I guess if you could say from a place of being healed completely from the spirit of rejection because I do believe that there's a spiritual aspect to rejection that can lead to other things but Without further ado, I want to introduce you, Vanessa and Cynthia. Welcome, ladies. Hello. I'm so glad to be here to share my experiences with you all. I'm really excited for what's going to happen right now. I know that the Lord's going to speak to everybody. Amen, amen. So, right now, I just wanted to start off with Vanessa. I wanted to ask you, Vanessa, so I want you to share with us how rejection... um, was such a big factor in your life and where it took you through in terms of you know feeling that you know maybe that people weren't there for you into the symptoms that a person can typically feel when they experience rejection so share with us your story um in my life personally i experience rejection in a lot of different areas i experienced rejection at school i experienced it at home I experienced it with my grandparents. Um, you know, there was this whole thing about tough love in my in my household, and that tough love was rejection to me. I felt unwanted. I felt like, there, what's the point of being in this family? They don't really love me. They're just, I'm here because I don't even know why. Um, then at school, I would get rejected for how I looked. I was an overweight kid with really short hair. Um, I had, I was very hairy. (laughs) I didn't have style or anything. I mean, I came from a a middle-class home. So it wasn't like I was rocking all of the best clothes. I was just, however my mom would dress me, but kids at school would make fun of me for how I looked. Kids at school would be like, oh, don't sit with the fat girl. Um, don't, don't talk to her. She's rude or just because of how I looked. So it was always a a problem at school based off of my looks. And it, it was only a few people in school that really got to know me. And that made me feel like worse. What I was already receiving at home, there was no escape for me. I would get it at, at, at school. So it was like 24 hours a day rejection. And that made me feel absolutely lonely there was nothing to me in those moments that can take me out of 
all of that loneliness and depression and just also anxiety because you want to do something but as a kid what are you going to do you don't know you're not very mature in your mind to know how to get out Mm. so uh, it ended up manifesting in drugs sex alcohol and a whole crazy lifestyle that it's not really what I wanted but that was the only way out of my pain of rejection wow that's very very deep i feel like there's a lot of like aspects in your life where you know you probably felt by yourself like no one understood you you know outcasted most definitely i could definitely relate to that so cynthia share with us your story of how you you know went through what you went through in terms of rejection um what what i can share with you is that um when i was a young girl because of the lack of um, love in my family. Um, not because um, they didn't love me, they, they sacrificed a lot for me, but because they were so busy working and they were so busy doing other things, um, they rejected me and, and that caused um, for me to be alone with the wrong person at a young age, so I was sexually abused. And um, because of that, I grew up um, like in anger and, and a lot of things. And, and I just dealt with a lot of rejection. And even growing up um, in school, just remembering going to high school. And um, because I loved to dance and I loved to um, go um, to cheerleading and do all these other things um, to fill me because there was a void in my heart and it would keep me um, occupied. Um, I remember that um, the the young girls around me, they were very, um, I guess you can say like envious and they would bully me um, purposely. They would bully me purposely. They would find ways to hurt my feelings. They would threaten me. They would do things that led me um, to despise myself, to hate myself even more. I had like such a self-rejection and a self-hatred towards myself that I didn't think I was ever good enough. And I would go eat and I would purposely go and throw up right after eating anything, anything, to the point that um, in the midst of that, I um, passed out many times because I just didn't have my immune system up because I was dealing with with this self-hatred, rejecting myself, cutting myself because I didn't think that I was worthy enough um, because of all of that. And it led me to look for love in the wrong relationships. Um, I was led to be in the wrong relationships, abusive relationships, verbally abusive relationships. So um, I was led to be in the wrong relationships and physical, physical abusive relationships, verbally abusive relationships um, because of the rejection. And that led me um, to go deeper into the world to do um, even more things that weren't um, good for me, um, like smoking, like drinking. Um, you know, clubbing Monday through Sunday, not even going home, being disobedient to my parents, being completely rebellious, completely leaving school um, because of all that rejection that I was dealing with. I thought that all these other things were going to fill me, but they didn't. It only got worse and worse every time. I felt 
more and more in despair and more and more suicidal and rejected and and depressed and and it was just a really bad time for me wow i feel like we all have something similar within our stories like for me for instance i remember when i was young i moved here to this nation you know from peru and i was here for like a year and a half and i just remember growing up through my childhood there was one moment where i was in my school in my elementary school and my one of those girls that i felt like was my arch nemesis she found something that has that about my best friend and for me that even though that was so like vain that's when i started to feel rejected and outcasted from people because Mm -hmm. then she like used that against me and she was like oh how'd you dare say whatever right Mm -hmm. and so i started to experience like what it was to felt feel outcasted when i was even in elementary which is something that you know i would find unfortunately normal within certain aspects of of elementary and then i remember it it went up to when i lived in peru for two years and i remember there was this one time i felt completely outcasted so much so that my mom sent me to a psychologist Mm -hmm. and i was nine years old and i remember there was this one time i was outside of my house out like in the i guess backyard of my grandma's house and then we had a little dog and the dog started to attack me and literally i had people surrounding me just watching me being attacked by the dog and my Mm. brother was like feeding it and he was like yeah continue to do that like just feeding it and then i had people around me that were family that were just watching me be attacked by a dog and i felt so rejected and i remember i would go up to like my bunk bed and i would just remember i would cry and then that's when my mom was like, no, I have to send you to a psychologist here, you know, da, 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 you know, and it just felt like not accepted even by my family. And I was away from Miami because I had grown up here in the, in the States, but I was living there. So I felt like the American while I was living over there in mm. Peru. So I felt like I don't know if it was the people also in school that they weren't really receiving of me because they were like, oh, you're American, like you're privileged. Like, what are you doing here? So I started to feel those um wounds and lashes of rejection from early on and then it escalated to high school where i just wasn't happy with myself and i remember there's this one time i was actually going from middle school to high school and i remember there's this one guy that i used to have like a crush on and that guy made me aware of my nose and i started to become very self-conscious of my face and i never was i would just i i liked myself i think how it was but i remember that day he said something about my nose and I went home and then I looked at my nose and I was like he's right my nose is big and then that's when all of a sudden all the insecurities started in me and how I looked and um and I was always overweight so I always had that but it never really took a toll on me in terms of like making me feel depressed until like later on like when it came to high school mm-hmm. where I felt like peer pressure to look a certain type of way and I did like crazy things to try to lose weight and I never loved myself for where I was in that moment and then I would just binge and I was mm-hmm. like oh whatever like no one's gonna love me you know kind of like giving yourself like a pity party victimization mentality well let me just eat it all the way and I just I would I was a complete emotional eater um and that's something that was created from feeling rejected and i remember in middle school even that there was a group of girls that they were like the it girls like the popular girls 
And I remember that, you know, oh, look, those are the popular girls. And, you know, nobody can really talk to them because they were like the eight girls. And even I remember one time one of my friends that was close to me wanted to because of something that happened, she wanted to fight me. And all of a sudden, like the girls who are in my little group, they started to reject me completely. Mm. So I felt completely outcasted in these type of scenarios because they all stemmed from like school, from the school mm. system. And in terms of my family, my my mother was always active. My father was an active father in terms of providing for us always, but I never received from him that affirmation I would have wanted to as a daughter. He was a great provider. But in terms of affirming me as a daughter and telling me I love you, you're beautiful, I didn't get that till later on. Um, and that was once I, I actually found Christ, I, I believe. Um, but nonetheless, he was a good father in that sense. But I believe that a lot of the rejection stemmed from those experiences at school and from those experiences that I had with family members um, along the way. And I just remember in school, like always feeling, especially in high school, I always felt ugly. I felt like that, the fat, ugly girl or whatever. Mm. And I felt like my characteristics, I never even, I remember when I was even young that I never even wanted to say it was Peruvian because yeah. Peruvians had this depiction of like Senorita Laura, which for everybody listening that you don't know, <laughs> is this, you know, talk show from Peru where this lady comes and brings people from like the mountainside who are missing teeth, who look ratchet, who mm. look like they need a bath because they haven't bathed in like days or months, you know, and who are desperate people like seeking to have like a little like carrito sanguchero, you know, <laughs> which is like this little like like here now we have you know like the food trucks no back then it was like the carts you know <laughs> so it, it was crazy because people had those images of peru it wasn't like the images that people have now like of the food and the nation and how beautiful it is you know and i always felt like i never liked who i was like i remember i grew up in an area where within the latino community there was a lot of colombians and venezuelans and i was like wow like i want to be colombian or i want to be venezuelan so i had like huge identity crisis issues wow. and i was like wow like they're so pretty like look at their bodies yeah. like they always have like the nice hips and nice butt they have boobs like you know look at their faces they have more simplistic type of faces and my face always looked different yeah. um and i was like why doesn't my face look like that why do my eyes look like this why does my nose look like this you know mm -hmm. and um and obviously being chubby like my face looked different nonetheless yeah so i remember just feeling so rejected in high school and feeling like man like look at my friends like even my friends are so beautiful and like i'm not like you know just look in the mirror and and just feeling like wow and i remember even when i would go to the clubs like mm -hmm. i would feel first of all i would feel like i was I did not belong. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was so ugly. I was like, what am I doing here? No guys come to hit me and da da da, you know? And I'm kind of like, wow, like, why am I doing here? Like, look, this guy bought my friend a drink. Like, nobody has bought me a drink, yeah. you know? And you start feeling rejected because it's like different things. And I'm kind of like, wow, like, where am I? Like, who loves me? Like, can someone just tell me I'm beautiful, you know? Yeah. So. And, and you know, Lucia, as, as you mentioned that, I remember that I dealt with similar things. And because of that, I would purposely um, wear um, more revealing clothes to be able, like, I guess, to grab the attention that I was looking for, seeking for. And I think that, um, I think I feel like many people in this generation 
um, deal with that where they don't find themselves beauty beautiful enough or you know yes. um, they don't think that they're worthy enough that they begin <clears throat> to expose themselves they begin to reveal more of their skin um, just to grab that attention from a certain guy or from a, a certain person you know and, and I think that's also that comes off from the rejection like mm -hmm. you know um, like one thing that I dealt with um, was going to the gym excessively and there's a one thing where you go to the gym um, and I felt like this is a word for somebody right now there's one thing that you go to the gym because you want to genuinely be healthy um, you genuinely want to be healthy and then there's another thing that you go to the gym just because you want to look good because deep down inside there's pain deep down inside there's rejection and that's what I dealt with I would go to the gym not because I wanted m myself to be healthy but because um, I, I felt pushed by a boyfriend. I felt pushed by what the world was telling me that I need to look a certain way, you know? Um, so I believe that that's all the root of rejection, you know? Um, and so I just felt like if, if you're listening to this right now and, you know, you feel like you've been going through similar things and you've been like just looking at yourself and not thinking that you're beautiful enough or handsome enough, um, just know that you know the solution isn't um changing outwardly but the solution is changing inwardly yeah is finding the yeah, root of what is causing you to want to reveal yourself to get that attention or want to look a certain way to grab the attention from many girls or to grab the attention from many guys you know um and i just really want you to reflect on that and just really really meditate on that what are the motives behind the reasons that you're doing what you're doing you know what i'm saying i know exactly what you're saying there's an instant um you said the most important thing was to change inwardly what is the root um now that i remember one of my biggest issues as a young person was that I became very sexually active, like extremely. It was too much. A person my age at 14 should not have already six sexual partners. It shouldn't be. But that's how I lived it. Why? The root of that was there was an instant where I wrote a love letter. Because I still felt like I like the old school type of, you know, love, how you find a person. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to outpour my heart to that one person. And I gave him the love letter. Um, I lived in an apartment complex where across the street was my best friend. And we would kind of hang out between both apartments. So I went across to the next apartment and I gave him the love letter. The gentleman took that love letter and shared it with everybody that was there there was at least oh my 10 gosh. people and how old are you when this happened i was 14 wow i was 14 years old when this happened oh my gosh so at that moment um they just was laughing at me and um they came to my front door and before i opened it you know there's a people so i saw they put up the love letter and they started reading it out loud. And, you know, to hear all of your emotions while somebody's laughing at it, imagine how I felt. Yeah, I that's felt, very traumatizing. I was traumatized to the core. I said, this will never happen to me again. I will reject them before they reject me. And I took the initiative 
to become the man uh, in a relationship. I'll engage if I want to, and then if I don't like you, then that's it. I hit it, and that's it. Hit it and quit it. That's hit what they it would and say. quit it. And that's how I lived my life for um, since I was 14 to about 18 years old. And that brought only more rejection to my life, more depression. That's where I had suicidal thoughts. So the one moment and the one root problem was that somebody came at my door and started laughing at me because of how I was pouring myself out to this one guy that scarred me. And I took it to a level that I I thank God that there is a God that took me out of that. Come because on, come on. seriously, that could have ended my life. I eventually got raped. I eventually got more sexually abused because a man is a man. They have, you know, their things of how they like to do things. And it, it wasn't um, up to me anymore. I was at somebody else's mercy. Um, I ended up being gay because that's it. A man wasn't satisfying me anymore or emotionally wasn't satisfying me. So I said, okay, well, the man doesn't work. I'm going to go to the woman. The woman for sure didn't work. So I was back and forth, but with all of these emotional issues, I started taking pills to um, mellow out myself because I was already um, at like 100 miles per hour with drugs, sex, clubs. And if you see the root of where we all began, uh, all of this rejection, it was because somebody else said something to us. Yes. And I was going to go that. That's, mm-hmm. You, Lucia, they told you something about your nose. You never had a problem with it. You, Cynthia, they told you something about the way that you look, your weight, or um, how you dance, or whatever. They said something just to spark something in you that was a rejection. But we're also dealing with that other person's rejection. They're, they're in what they feel inside it's manifesting to someone else and you know um one something that you said that was very interesting is that you said it started um with something that somebody said to you but it also started with with something that someone didn't affirm in you Mm. and and i believe the root is because someone said something to you that hurt you Mm-hmm. And there was lack of affirmation in your house. Yeah, yeah. And because of the lack of the affirmation, um, that caused you also to fall deeper into the depression, the rejection, the suicide. You know, um, because of somebody not saying something to you. But mm-hmm. thank God that He's real and mm-hmm. He affirms us constantly. Absolutely. And why it's so important to walk with Him day and night because Mm -hmm. he gives us that love that we lacked in our lives absolutely there's a similarity with what you were saying earlier of um you were left alone a lot and then you were left alone with the wrong person being alone there's no one there to affirm you Mm -hmm. in my household um, my parents got divorced when i was seven years old so i was left you know with my mom which hey she pushed for us and she sacrificed for us she worked three jobs at a time um sometimes so i was always left alone i wouldn't see my father and my father was a loving father but it still wasn't the 
words of affirmation I needed to hear at the time so that I can stay strong in mm -hmm. what, you know, what is my identity, who I am, who I am as a woman, what mm -hmm. uh, I carry, who I can become. I didn't know. So I was at the mercy of my own thoughts and the own story I played in my own mind. And I believe that's very true. Because we didn't have people like mentors, I'm pretty sure, in our lives that would redirect us and say, hey, like, you really are not ugly. Like, you really are beautiful. And, and just did it from a point of view of an internal source. Not something like, mm -hmm. oh, girl, just put on some makeup and some nice clothes and just, you know, fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. No. Like, you need some deep inner healing when it Absolutely. comes to those things. And I believe it's so true. And I even have this woman of God that um, is very influential. And she was saying how, like, nobody is really born an introvert. Yes, people's personalities can draw to liking to be by themselves, but from, like, not a emotional place, but from a, like, I just need my space mm -hmm. type of place. Um, and it's true because it took one person to make that one statement yeah. that made us withdraw. I remember even t saying, like, being on a field trip, and I remember asking a question, and, and then my question all of a sudden turned into a joke, like, ha, ha like, yeah. you know, memory under their lips, you know, like, oh, I can't believe she said that. What a stupid question to ask, you mm -hmm. know? And it's kind of like, then, like, yeah. then I'm not going to ask questions again. Yeah. And it all takes that one comment to be like, you know what? I'm never going to do it again. And it's because you have an offense. You have a hurt. It's natural. But it, it was never dealt with because you never recognized it yes. was that big of an issue. Yeah. And then <clears throat> when you don't have those issues from the very beginning dealt with, you just have like, a, you know, kind of like a snowball effect of like problems that just come forth after that. And it's, and it's just so crazy how we have allowed those things and if we i'm pretty sure we're 14 15 16 and we had that mentorship in our life of someone to pray for us of someone to be like hey like what do you need like you you want to go out to eat because you can't like feed yourself for whatever reason like hey i got you you know and i'm so glad that i am where i am in my life now that i can be like you know because I, i really love mentorship i really love giving of you know myself and i'm pretty sure you both do too to younger girls in this generation because i didn't have the opportunity you know i didn't have someone and granted my beliefs when i was younger was a little bit different you know because i did always have my belief in god but i never really adhered to you know being committed to it you know so and i love how we're all pointing out roots of mm -hmm. things that we have gone through um things that you know we're gonna confront now that we mm -hmm. we have confronted that whoever's listening to this right now can mm -hmm. confront it themselves um and it's interesting what you said about um nobody is born an introvert mm -hmm. it's the experiences that you have mm -hmm. that make you become yep. that way those trust issues mm -hmm. that intimidation of speaking mm -hmm. that maybe if I say something I'm gonna sound stupid mm -hmm. I'm not gonna sound you know this and that and I'm um, not feeling confident not feeling capable mm -hmm. yes. you know kind of being caved mm -hmm. stuck in the cave and and it's crazy because it reminds me of a conversation that I had with um, my mentor of how um, we were speaking about the cultures that we that we grew up in mm -hmm. and how even at a young age we're taught um, 
to bottle in our emotions yeah. like mm-hmm. you can't cry because mm. if you cry i'm gonna pinch you yeah. like you can't cry because if you cry don't you can't say anything like don't cry you know and i feel like mm-hmm. um even that's like a root the culture of how we grew up mm-hmm. and now because dealing with that when we were younger like not being able to speak how we feel because we're wrong all the time yes we're the young, the little ones you yeah. know mm-hmm. um and staying quiet that also builds us to not be confident in what we say or being afraid of how we feel because mm-hmm. if we express how we feel then they might then somebody might not take it the right way they mm-hmm. might reject us we our voice won't be heard mm-hmm. you know and and I thought that was really interesting how you were mentioning that because that just came to mind and how we're pointing out these roots that a lot of people deal with mm-hmm. in this generation mm-hmm. And it is crazy because right now, since we're mentioning and we're focusing first on the roots, because later on we get to branches and then we cut off and we uproot it, Mm. you know, so that's never anymore, right? Because thankfully we are all in a place of being healed and of having overcome and that does not mean that we don't get tested in that same place of rejection because we will always have situations where that temptation would want to come but we just always know that we stand from a point of victory and most absolutely from a place of being healed Mm -hmm. or constantly having to go back to getting healed but having it dealt with now in such a much more healthier manner rather than having something bottled up like you said Cynthia where we never really took it somewhere that needed to be taken you know Mm -hmm. so and I believe that all these rejections from friends from the opposite sex from family members it had really um constructed our identity as women and as girls growing up and i believe that this is something that this generation does need to hear because these conversations are not really spoken up about you know from sharing from our personal experiences Mm -hmm. you know from what i went through when i was younger when i was in peru when i was here you know in the states and and i just remember always feeling like no one really understood me because I felt like, oh, well, someone at least likes you. Like, no one's looking at me. Someone's looking at you, you know? Or not feeling like someone can truly understand us. But in reality, like, there is someone who has gone through what you're gone through. Not to to make it seem... Because I remember this girl said in one time and in the bus, she was like, there is someone always going through something worse than you. And absolutely, there will always be. But it doesn't... That doesn't really help us in the moment because we're like, what we're going through is really the worst thing for us, you know? So we can't really brush under the rug someone's pain because we we want to say like, oh no, someone's got it worse than you. Like, of course someone will always have it worse than us. But it's knowing that, you know, we have to we have to deal with things that are from that point of the roots. That's what my next point was going to be. Um, what happens with the long-term problem? How is it? does it affect us? Because we all talked about our childhood. Mm-hmm. What happened? Okay. People think because you grow up. That's mm-hmm. it. You're good. You're more mature. You don't have to worry about anything. <clears throat> but all of that rejection that we dealt with only follows you on yeah. when you become an adult. When you asked a question on the bus, Lucia, and they were like, ha, ha, that was such a stupid question. In when you get into college, when you got into college, you're not going to want to ask no questions. Yeah. So that hinders your knowledge. That hinders yes. your grades. That hinders so much more important things 
than just asking that one question on the bus where everybody thought it was stupid. But in the long run, when you're an adult, it could hinder your grades. It can hinder um, your diploma. And then it goes into money. It goes into so many different branches that people think or parents because parents also have the ability to help their children through these rejections. Mm-hmm. You parents give an identity to their children. And it's very true what you were saying, Cynthia, is that our culture teaches us to just stay quiet. Te voy a pegar. I'm going to hit you. If you say anything, change your face. That was something that it was always in my house. Change your face. Don't say anything. Don't do that. Don't. It was like, wait. Mm-hmm. Um, I, can't, I can't do anything. <clears throat> so that when I was older, that rejection and that um, halt to not feel like I can do anything. Then when I was a grown-up, I felt like I couldn't do anything. I couldn't open up a business. I couldn't finish school. So I dropped out of school. So then I ended up going to um, college and wasting so much money because I didn't know what to do. So Mm. it was like all these things that happened that um, stopped me in so many things when I was an adult. That's crazy. Like, for example, with me, when I was in high school, I remember I always wanted to... I knew I wanted to get out. Like, I didn't want to stay in Miami. And I made sure that I applied to enough colleges to get out of Miami because I just felt so... I felt rejected here, but I felt like I was also going through certain things because I felt like here in Miami, things are very vain. Like, it's very much how you look, how you dress. You got to be and act in a certain type of way. Like, there's a box because here in Miami, there's always the pressure to have, you know, like, the big boobs, the big butt. Like, I don't know if anybody else listening is from, like, you know, Oklahoma, Ohio, Arkansas, Texas. Like, here in Miami, like, it's very about the body and about always, you know, looking to having to look nice you know in your face like your skin like your nails like this is like a city that you have to upkeep you have to keep yourself up you know because the next woman can look harder than you and you know maybe like you know like here people here in Miami it's it's a different culture from other cities you know and that we can speak from that but it's just so crazy so when I remember when I went to college it was a complete different scenario because I felt so much more accepted by people in that sense because people were like bro like whatever and a lot of the people that I met for were from New York so to me like here I felt in Miami too many people beat around the bush and I never really got someone's response like Mm, I really wanted to so when I went to New York I actually got people who were like for real real and when they would look at me they'd be like no yo like that looks so good on you like that's awesome (laughs) you know like when I would go and dress up when I was in college and then here Miami like if something looked bad like my friends wouldn't tell me you know or maybe they would but like I I guess I didn't really perceive it as that and I did have obviously good people here in my life when I lived in Miami people who were actually genuine people who were actually sweet you know who I actually felt like were my true friends thankfully um but for example when I was over there I remember also going through a therapist, you know, I remember there was a period in time that my grades did struggle and I remember having to fail a class that I was on academic probation because I was going through a situation with some friends from over there and it left me feeling really depressed and I remember being really heartbroken um, because I really liked this guy and this was the first guy I really ever liked and I felt really rejected by him because of course he had chosen another girl and I think as women when we go through those experiences like having someone else choose someone else over us that really leaves us very rejected and hindered 
because we're like oh like look she looks like that like oh so i have to change this about yes. me to for him to accept me and you start getting like you start feeding those lies like oh i oh look that girl has like you know a big you butt you know yourself. you that comparison game is so nasty so i remember comparing myself to other girls like oh look those guys you know want them and because when you're young you're like whatever even if you want me sexually you want me and it's it's not even about that it's about having first of all value like you gotta value yourself as a woman you gotta have some dignity because there's some girls yeah people can want them sexually but they have no dignity yes like it's just someone that you could take to bed and that's it and as women we don't want to be seen as that but we sometimes end up feeding that ourselves like we end up throwing ourselves to you know the dogs because of the rejection because of the rejection because that's a spiritual thing too you know because there are men who you know value women of integrity of character of valor um but i remember just feeling that way growing up and in that those parts of college and my parts of college i was actually much more i guess you could say to a certain degree sexually active to a certain degree because there's restrictions to that but i remember like just feeling more wanted and i remember my acceptance came from feeling wanted by men and i'm like wow like this is so crazy because this is now thinking about it now someone who is complete whole you know that's being used by god it's it's crazy it's a difference and such a difference i believe there's a deception in that oh yes good point the thing is that many women and it's vice versa for guys they want to feel wanted Mm -hmm. so they think that sex um makes them have value makes Mm -hmm. them like oh now i'm wanted but the truth that that's deception because the truth is that you're you're more used Mm -hmm. than what the person doesn't really want you the person doesn't love you Mm -hmm. the person is just using you Mm -hmm. in the moment Mm -hmm. to satisfy their flesh to satisfy themselves Mm -hmm. and then they leave and then you feel empty again Mm. and then you're asking yourself but i thought this person wanted me i thought this person loved me and that wasn't the truth the truth was that you were being used in that moment you know um and i'm speaking you know from from personal experience you know with past relationship and um and even as we're speaking right now i feel there's a young girl and and you're get, you're listening to this podcast right now and i feel like you have been going from guy to guy trying to fill yourself with relationships um trying to fill yourself with you know um sex and and other um friendships and you see that there's been cheating that there's been betrayal and you you have been comparing yourself to people but i i feel um that that's gonna end tonight because the lord is pointing out to you right now what the roots of that is why you're feeling lonely why you're feeling depressed why you're feeling rejected and and i just pray that right now right where you are i just pray that you begin to be set free from rejection you begin to be set free and that you you begin to value yourselves like the proverbs 31 woman that the that the lord called you to be because you are his ruby you are his diamond and i just challenge you to to pursue a relationship with god and taste and see that he is better than anything that this world can offer you 
Amen. That's really powerful, Cynthia. Thank you so much. And I even feel that, like, now if someone's listening and you're like, wow, like, you know, even people who may know us personally or people who are listening to this and may feel like, wow, I can definitely relate to that or I wouldn't have thought someone went through that. Um, I can just reassure you that any pain that, for example, if someone is experiencing rejection right now, it is very temporary. Like, it is really, it's, it may feel like the end of the world, but there, where there is an end, there is a beginning, most absolutely. And, and especially, I want to speak to every young girl who feels like she has to have a certain body type, that she has to have a certain face, that she has to have something particularly on the outside or be in a particular type of way in terms of how to interact with guys for her to feel wanted for her to be accepted you know i want to just right now just expose that lie because cynthia said something that was so true that's so deceptive it's a lot of deception it's a lot of deception because there's a lie that says hey you are not good enough Mm -hmm. and i feel as women we go through that a lot i don't know if particularly in men i feel like with men it comes to more like their accomplishments but with women it comes more towards how we look like we're not good enough we're not Mm. pretty enough we're not thin enough or our nose is not good enough our eyes are not you know you know whatever big enough or our ears are too big or too small Mm. like it's too 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 you know and it's just like enough with the you know not enough yeah and that is something that now i want to move towards you know in terms of like acceptance for example my rejection even at some points end up manifesting into acne and that's something i really wanted to touch on because i remember having this conversation this is something times that you know that i've been in church and we go to a church that is very powerful deliverance you know inner healing and we believe that really god restores whatever the devil destroyed you know and the devil has absolutely destroyed a lot of us our self-confidence yeah. our self-worth our bodies because we put in put stuff in inside of our bodies that never belonged in our bodies so we believe in restoration because of what the devil has destroyed so i remember even going through periods in time where even as i've been in church i experienced rejection and the rejection just ended up you know piling up from one area to another that i didn't realize i had to end up dealing with and i remember in period my life so the rejection came through the manifestation of acne and i had a friend who was also struggling with acne and she was telling me she's like loose like there has to be a root to the acne that we are experiencing and she went to god herself and god told her i hadn't i had never had come to my mind but in terms of taking it to god who created me like hey what's the root of this and i remember her mentioning it and she's like you know what the root of of acne is loose and i was like what and she's like rejection because we've rejected ourselves you know it's like wow like because Mm -hmm. i've never had a problem with forgiving people because i've never been able to hold grudges as much as i've wanted to so i've kind of been like forgive and forget sometimes i feel like i have amnesia when i Mm -hmm. forget because i don't remember and then someone will come and do the same thing again Mm -hmm. um but i remember when she told me this i was like wow you know what it makes sense like and i've realized that i had to actually forgive myself like that the one person that i had to really forgive was myself for allowing myself to put my own self through certain things every time i looked in the mirror and i felt ugly i didn't feel good enough i would look at my face and then all of a sudden like when you start getting pimples and you never got pimples in your Mm -hmm. life because i got pimples and acne earlier on and i got the worst type which was cystic acne so it was just like like you know um like 
pimples that didn't have a head so they just stick giant in your face and then that became and it started to become a part of me that made me so self-conscious and I was yeah. like people are not looking at me they're looking at my acne and I would claim it like that like my acne and it wasn't until I remember you know hearing from a preacher you know don't claim your diseases as yours like mm, your yeah. disease is not yours and I was like wow that's just so crazy because it's true like we claim it like my sclerosis my acne my cancer and it's just like you're just identifying it as part of your body like you're just saying my yeah. arm but in reality like that's such a lie that's not it doesn't belong to you yeah. sickness never belonged to you yeah. but we all of a sudden start to become and we invite other people to try to come to this pretty party that we create ourselves yeah. and I remember definitely being there and feeling like the center of attention was the victim you know so I know what it is I know what it is to long for attention I know what it is to long for affirmation I know what it is to do things because I wanted attention and I wanted someone to affirm me and tell me no like you know I know what it is to do that and I want to speak to every girl that right now you're doing stuff on purpose and you very well know girl that like you're doing things because you want the attention of people. Yeah. But in reality, you're only hindering yourself. Yeah. You're doing things because you want someone to tell you you're beautiful. But there has to come to a point in our lives where we realize, hey, it's not going to take someone else to tell us that we're beautiful. Yeah. And if you ever have a source that does tell you you're beautiful, it really has to be God. Because no no man or woman, you know, you're handsome or beautiful, will ever suffice the resurrected Christ yeah. to tell you, I bought you with my blood and I know that you're beautiful and I know that you're worth it. Like it's it's never going to be a point in our lives that we're going to ever feel something or hear something much more powerful than that. And I really just want to make that known, you know, and then when I became, you know, healed and I became delivered out of that I started to feel so much more confident and even in this journey for example with the restoration of my skin even to this day I'm like wow like I know I'm beautiful like no mirror has to tell me whether I look good or not like no man or woman has to tell me you look good beautiful yes or no you know it doesn't take that it takes my contentment in Christ to tell me you know what I know I am beautiful and it comes from a place of being healed because there are people that go no you know I am beautiful I am pretty you know and they you know throw their hair back you know back up you know over their shoulder and it comes from a point of view of arrogance it comes from a point of view of ego but if you really look at the root of that it's rejection yeah you know so we need to go to a place that it's 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 healthy it's not of so much of you know oh I'm just gonna fake it till I make it I am beautiful and I'm gonna wear this and wear that and post pictures because social media is something else like the affirmation that people get because how many people like their posts or how many people are showing so much and it's just like no and it's just like well if I got if I got it I might as well flaunt it no honey boo boo like especially when you do it to try to get that affirmation and you try to get the identity of people like it's just not it's not good and we can see that a lot in social media where people crave the tension when people crave you know more followers and especially as women you know from that point of view we know that at the end of the day there there has to be a change within inside of us yes. and that comes from being healed being healed from rejection being healed from having lack of identity because 
in this world, I've seen a lot of people who reject themselves and then they end up cutting themselves, like what yes. you experienced, Cynthia. And yes. then they end up being depressed. And what does depression lead to? Suicide. suicide you know, yes. and I've dealt with depression and I've dealt with suicidal thoughts. And I remember for me growing up, I watched a lot of soap operas, you know, telenovelas in Spanish. And I remember thinking of, of a lot of the ways that they started to think started to affect me. I remember one time I wanted to cut myself and put myself into a bathtub because I saw that on a soap opera and I literally went into my kitchen and I got a knife and my mom was like what do you have in back of your hand and I was like and I started to cry and then she saw what I had and then she sat me down and she was like oh my gosh you know and then she started to really like look at what I was doing and I was like wow you know and how uh, there's so much lies and deceptions that we believe as we're growing up I believe that and um you know But one of the things that the Lord has told me through everything that we've experienced, everything we've gone through, personal things that I've experienced that I've gone um, gone through, um, the Lord has spoke to me about a restoration of the soul. Mm, Yes. Because we leave our, we give our heart, we open our hearts to all these things that we think are going to fill us. Mm. So we leave our soul in certain places. You know, we leave it with certain friendships, with certain people. That's why we find missing people. Like, sometimes we find ourselves missing people. Or sometimes yes. we find ourselves yes. missing certain friendships. You know, um, or, or somebody that maybe is trying to come to the Lord. But it's hard for them to let go of the weed or to let go of the alcohol. It's because you've given yourself to those things. And a piece of you is still with those things. So, you just really... We really just... At that moment, when I was experiencing those things, I just really had to go to the root of rejection and go before God and get into His presence mm-hmm. and ask Him to heal me, ask Him to restore my soul mm-hmm. because um, He was the only way out. Yes. He was the only way out of what I was feeling, um, of, of the, the suicidal thoughts. He was the only way out. Um, and... And I feel just like there's so much healing still to this day that we all have to go through. Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, um, Lucia, earlier, you said that we have to continue going back to that place of healing Mm -hmm. constantly, constantly, constantly. And as we're speaking, I feel like, um, like like there's been somebody that's been hearing this podcast and you're asking, how can I heal? How can I heal? I hear all these roots, and I know how to remove them, but how can I heal? And and I, I can just tell you right now, it's the presence of God. It's coming before the Lord and recognizing that you are broken, recognizing that you're hurt, recognizing that you feel like you're worthless, like you're not good enough, like, like you don't, meet up to certain expectations mm, of what standards, the world, standards and standards of what this world is telling you of what a soul proper is telling you of what the media mm-hmm. is telling you of what a person is telling you of what a friend is telling you influencing mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. you know um and I, and I feel um just you know going to the presence of God seek of the presence of God and ask him to restore your soul ask him to heal you because he will do it he will heal you he will heal you and he will love you in ways that no man no woman nobody can do but only he can because his love will deliver you from that place of rejection 
you know? Amen. And I feel like this is not even to say it from a point of like religious conversion. Like this is coming from a point of compassion because we are super compassionate with the people who have struggled with that route you know i know there's people that have been rejected from the womb like their mothers never wanted them they were like a baby that came by accident you know um because they just had a good night and it's like and there's so many babies going through that right now you know so i feel like there is a lot of us for example or maybe like the father didn't want you or you know or just there is so much opposition and people even being born and i even feel like there's a couple of people like listening to this and and even from the the very beginning, like your genesis, you were not wanted. And that created so much rejection within inside of you that you never felt like you found your niche. You never felt like you found your true friends. But I want to just expose the lies and I want to expose the darkness because I believe in restoration. And I believe when you expose something, it's with intent to restore it. And a lot of times we've had things exposed like from our weaknesses and things that were vulnerable but there was no restoration instead of there is humiliation mm. so when there was humiliation instead of restoration after where our vulnerabilities were exposed then all of a sudden we feel like we can't expose our weaknesses because we will be humiliated but instead i right now speak to everyone who has been humiliated in public because you went up and you gave a speech or all of a sudden like you you know someone jumped you when you were like in middle school or high school for whatever reason um, and I just want to speak to that pain and that hurt. And I just declare right now healing in the name of Jesus. Because that truly is a name that we're going to be praying from. Because our names hold no power. But I would just really want to speak to every young woman and young man. Who went through every source of rejection. For those who came from a different nation. And you were being humiliated because you didn't know how to speak the language. Or people who grew up in an, an environment where. Because you spoke differently. And I want to speak to those. There's people that spoke differently. Um, maybe with a lisp or with you know stuttering problem but then grew up that all of a sudden um, they did not want to you know they didn't want to speak because of how they sounded you know because they they would have those you know things that they felt were defects but I want to speak to you that you have a voice and you need to use your voice because there's something inside of you this world needs and I'm saying that with full-on conviction because this for if there is such a time for you to open your mouth it's such a time as this because right now there's so many people who are hurt who are broken who are trying to fill themselves with things that are the blessing and they're not filling themselves with the blesser of that source and i believe that that is a lot of roots of people of why they end up sidetracking and going off into a very deep hole and going down that slippery slope where they all of a sudden lose themselves they lose themselves in you know trying to be you know the ultimate boss they lose themselves in trying to be the ultimate um model they lose themselves in trying to be the best daughter or the best wife or the best husband or the best friend or the best brother or sister they lose people a lot of people lose themselves um and it's not because the people necessarily around them were bad but maybe the people around you were actually hurting themselves and they didn't know how a rejection would you know uh, would would come to hinder them to such such extent but i want to speak to that truth right now to the truth that there is healing and there's healing in jesus and i want to welcome everyone right now who's listening and i just I really just want to expose that we have all been healed from rejection. We have all we all stand from a point of place of victory. Like I know I look at my sister and I do not see competition. I see collaboration and I see collaboration with purpose. Yeah. Like I know that what someone has does not mean that I'm 
deficient in it myself. Um, I'm deficient in who I am. And those th these statements have been tested through the fires. They have to be tested through circumstances, through you standing up next to someone who may look nicer with makeup on, with the latest clothes, with the Gucci, the Fendi, the Prada, but you have to, at the end of the day, be convicted enough to say, you know what? Like, I may not look like, you know, a Barbie or whatever it is, but I am me. And I am not someone's clone. I am myself. So I really, really, really just encourage anyone. And right now we just... You know, if you feel, ladies, to share anything else before we close. That's uh, one thing to the person that hears uh, Cynthia saying, let's go to the presence of God. That is where I found my healing. Um, God being the source, I want to reassure you that he is. And to that person that says, I don't know because I've never really seen him. I've never really felt him. I don't know if he's really there. He is watching. He is seeing every tear that you have shed. He sees every rejection and every pain that has been caused to you. And he does come to you. But you must ask him to come to that place. Come into your room. Come into your heart. Because there was a moment where that's it. I couldn't take it. I felt the ultimate rejection. This man cheated on me. My ex-boyfriend cheated on me. Um, I felt rejected in love. I felt rejected by life. That's it. I couldn't take it. I wanted to really commit suicide at that point. But that's where I met a supernatural God. I met a God that knew that I was crying, told someone that I was crying, and I received a call. Hey, Vanessa, you're on the corner of your bed and you're crying right now. And I know that um, you should you should be here in this prayer group. I ran. I ran to that church. I put on my, my pants on backwards. I didn't care what I looked like. I didn't care what anybody thought of me. I didn't care if I had gas or not or if I had to do something else. I knew that God was calling me to that church for that prayer at that moment. And I felt such relief of pain, such relief from my life, so, such relief from uh, rejection. Like everything was going to be okay and everything was okay for the past five years of actually committing myself to learning about myself to receiving my identity from my creator from my maker i've been able to live the past five years of my life pain free rejection free i am able to conquer not only rejection but um i overcame fear i overcame financial instability i overcame um not feeling like I could get a husband, I'm happily married, I'm a business owner, I am like, I don't know where else God can take me from this point, but I feel like, wow, God, I came from a position where I wanted to die, and you didn't have to mm. give me these gifts, but mm. I received them anyway, but you have to be open to receive them. I encourage you today that if you don't know that God, ask him to come into your room, ask him to come into your heart, and watch, mark my words, I promise you god will make himself visible to you you can feel him you can hear him and you will get to know a god that can take every single pain and everything that you have gone through away and use it for the good i can help women i can help men i can help families be restored because that is something that i overcame amen amen and i believe that too um that seriously like if you 
you you can say you know god like if you're real like show up like jesus christ if you for real are real then show up like show up here you know because he will certainly show up so cynthia is there any else that you want to like share just as we wrap up you know coming to you know almost an hour of this podcast that i believe was so so substantially amazing yeah that was, it's, it's been an amazing conversation um what i can just wrap up with is agreeing with what my sisters are saying yes run to the lord run to the truth because there's nothing that's better than him he's restored my family he's restored me i'm going back to school i'm graduating from school i'm seeing god move in my life and it's just been so he's giving me a purpose he's giving me a name he's giving me hope he's giving me faith he's giving me vision as to when before i couldn't even mm, see I that's so even, true i couldn't even have a vision before i used to try to sit down and close my eyes and think about my future but i would just see black i would never see a vision and it's like i could see with my natural eyes but i never could see beyond it yeah. and then god gave me purpose and now i see a vision and now i'm compelled to open a business now i'm compelled to follow my purpose and my calling yeah. and i know that i'm not doing it alone mm-hmm. i know that i'm not by myself i know that god is with me walking with me mm-hmm. you know and i know that as i seek his kingdom first he will add to me the right husband he will add to me my family's complete salvation mm-hmm. he will add to me everything else as i put my trust my faith and my hope in the one who took me out of darkness and has brought me out of all those things and now i'm walking in my purpose towards my calling and I am forever grateful for a merciful God. Amen. Yes. And I can definitely relate to that. And I'm happy because, you know, we have, you know, Vanessa, who is now a married woman. Um, and myself and Cynthia are still waiting for our husbands. And we are very glad to be waiting because we'd rather wait long than marry wrong, as they say. So, yes. and we definitely marry with purpose. We marry with intention. We married as healed and whole women, not yes. women that come with like emotional baggage that we don't even know who we are and it takes a man to affirm us yeah um so i'm glad that we are in that point of our life you know of of knowing that you know what i am healed and i am whole and i am loved by a very loving powerful god and there is nothing like the love of god and it can really manifest and i'm also you know praying and believing for my family as well but i just want to you know now in conclusion say thank you so much for everyone who has tuned into this podcast on overcoming rejection and you certainly have overcome and we declare we prophesy victory upon your life we prophesy healing healing from the inner roots of your heart you know um and feel free to reach out to us and you know yes, and speak to us i'm going to put these ladies the contact information you know in the description box so you can reach out to them and just one more thing um god is so good i received a breakthrough recently um where god is a loving god and once he gives you purpose and vision he comes through with it recently um somebody Recently, my parents gave me um, an office to work in and be able to open up the wow. business that I want to open wow. up. Wow, look at that So, territory. you know, as to where before, my parents couldn't trust me with much. Yeah. 
but because they've seen that God has molded me and given me character, God gave me that breakthrough. Amen. You know, so all the glory goes to God. So if you're waiting for some breakthrough right now, I just declare it's come yes. your way. Amen. You know, just Amen. put your eyes on Jesus and seek his kingdom first. Amen. And I just want to declare that upon everyone listening right now, that if you don't know God from that point of view, I just pray that you have an encounter with him more than just doing a prayer of salvation. I just pray that you you really have your own encounter with him that will be suffice for you in terms of saying you know what i do need inner healing i do need um a change in my life from my inner self you know because yeah i'm good maybe you have good money maybe you have stability maybe you have a good family but i know there's something inside of you even if everything looks nice and everything looks stable there is something inside of you that needs to be deeper rooted because i believe that we also have inheritance inheritance inheritances from our families and i believe sometimes mm, yeah. we we can stop those inheritance from flowing if there's something in our lives that is not right yeah so i just want to speak upon everyone right now listening yes, thank you Lord. so much for tuning into this royal generations podcast and i look forward to hearing you know your experiences and your testimony please reach out to us if this t- podcast has been you yes. know of a blessing to you and i just right now just declare that like i said there i prophesy victory i prophesy wholeness especially to every woman and every man right now in the sound of my voice i declare that you truly are delivered from that rejection and that you find identity in god so i just pray that you have enjoyed this and you are a royal generation part of you know you are here you are more than conquerors and i thank you until next time Thank you.